0: All right, it's the joint collaboration, the Megapix podcast, PFT, PM, and Chris Sims unbuttoned on Peacock and wherever else you find your podcast, presented by Under Armour. Yes. Chris has the Under Armour money. I don't. Boom. Hey, Under Armour, I'm here, too. <laughs> hey, sales, I'm here, too. Ah, All right, the hell with that, guy. The hell with it. Under Armour, the only way is through. The hey, only Pete, way to go Pete. forward is the hell with PFT in Florio. <laughs> I don't want clothes unless the clothes are made of money 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 channel jones money 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 all right uh let's get to it picks podcast we're back for week two week one we sucked in most categories straight up nine and seven i win woohoo Straight up Chris was seven and nine. He was also seven and nine against spread. I was a pathetic and miserable do the opposite Costanza style six and ten. But in the most important category, especially since I went 66.6 infinity percent two and one best bets. Oh yeah, and screw the Vikings for keeping me from going 3 and 0. Oh, so the I couldn't I couldn't remember what your loss was. And you know, you know, and screw my
1: buddy Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers for making me 1 and 2. <laughs> I mean, they were up 38 to 10. I mean, what the hell, Kyle? Hold a freaking lead. Jeez, I mean, that was a heartbreaker. I was sitting there going like, man, I'm looking good. I feel good. And then I mean, just a the disaster there. So, I you know, that's that's why I don't gamble right there. That'll that's that says it all.
0: Well, the, the ultimate backdoor cover, the nine-point spread. I think it was nine and a half by the time it closed. And the final score, 41-33, despite being down 28. Two point conversion. The Got me. The Lions pulled it off. The two-point conversion makes the difference. All right, let's get to week two. It begins Thursday night at FedEx Field. The Giants at the Washington football team. Washington, a three-and-a-half-point favorite with an over-under of 41. 5. That's probably the lowest of the week. If not, it's one of the lowest. Chris, who do you like? Do you like Dad's old team, or do you like the team that we both think will win the division? Well, I, I, I mean,
1: I think, first off, I do expect it to be a low-scoring, defensive struggle type of football game. That's right off the bat. I think at a base-level conversation, Washington's the more talented football team, for sure. You know, even last year, I know the Giants beat them twice. But you go back and really look at that. The, the the Washington football team really screwed up both games. Really handed some bad turnovers to the Giants. Eleven short fields, and they got some cheap points off of it that way. You know, I just worry. You know, we talked about this on PFT a little bit. I worry about the Giants' awful off of offensive line not only pass protecting against that group in Washington, which wasn't good last week against the Chargers. They didn't get around Justin Herbert very much at all, so I think they're going to be pissed off and ready to go. Giants O-line not good in the run game either. Saquon, you know, I think the Giants will keep this close because I think Taylor Heineke, you know, he's going to be getting his feet underneath him too, and I don't expect him to be just hitting on all cylinders. I'm going to go Washington 2017, Mike. How about you?
0: This is the kind of game that I hate. Now you're picking the Giants to cover by a half point. You yeah, realize that I do. I'm giving you one more chance nope, to change I'm your mind it. here. I'm
1: not saying it. I'll listen to you, and then
0: it'll happen, and I'll be pissed that I listened to you. So I'm I not just do that. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> right. I, I wanted to make sure yep. the combination of New Jersey. And Texas may have impaired the math skills. I Definitely. just want to make sure you understand. Definitely. It's I'm I'm just kidding, New Jersey. I'm not kidding, Texas. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, You're funny. <laughs> the, this game is one of those games I hate because every time I come down one way, I start thinking, nah, nah, it's not gonna happen. Then I go the other way. It's like, nah, nah, nah. And I I I'm leaning washington and i'm going to stick with washington okay but i keep thinking daniel jones is four and oh all time against washington well okay washington's due to finally beat him then short week quick turnaround ron rivera veteran coach plugging in taylor heineke who played well last year in the playoffs and should be ready to go this year if he was a new backup quarterback to the system or something like that i'd be less confident i i think that at home and and these are high stakes for the Washington football team. They can't afford to fall to 0-2. No one can. But two home games, five days apart. That, that's the one thing that I hate about short week. Because if your team is playing on a Thursday night, going into that Sunday, there's a chance you're going to lose two games, four days apart. Yeah, right. And two home games for Washington. They need this one. They have to hold serve against the Giants if they want to be what they're supposed to be this year. I, I know the defense was a disappointment last week. I'm concerned about the extent to which the COVID controversy within the locker room yeah and we've Ron Rivera's been outspoken we talked about it on PFT Live I, I'm still gonna stick with Washington I can't give up on the division champion that I predicted this early 21-16 I'll take Washington to win and to cover West Virginia math skills by one and a half point Boom. You got it. I know. You know, know, also like gut feeling. And I think you have it like
1: have this as well. Thursday night just always seems to be like opposite night. That's where it's like. That's where I really there was a part of me that was like, you know what? Screw the evaluation. Whatever you're thinking, maybe it's the opposite. But I'm going with the team that I think just a little bit better. And you laid it out pretty perfect, too.
0: So. All right. We're on the same page to a degree. One o'clock Eastern on Sunday, the New Orleans Saints take on the Carolina Panthers. There's a COVID situation with the Saints. A lot of assistant coaches are out. So far, only one player tested positive. Michael Thomas, he wouldn't have played anyway. Saints are three-point favorites on the road at Charlotte. 44-and-a-half is the over-under. Chris, who do you like? Well, I, I, I do like a lot of what we saw
1: from the Panthers last week. And you know that I'm, I'm a Panthers fan. I'm a little bit on that bandwagon right now for the team to watch out for. You know they they, they won nineteen fourteen against the Jets. It should have been more than that. They let the Jets hang around. The Panthers blew some opportunities themselves early in the football game, but ultimately the Saints looked too good last week. And the Saints are still elite on the offensive line and the defensive line. And I, I can't say that about Carolina yet. Maybe their defensive line elite. I'm not sure if I'm ready to go there with their offensive line. Also, it's Sean Payton's offense on the other side of the ball too. You know, and that – like, I got to think that Dennis Allen, Sean Payton are going to have a good feel for Joe Brady and what he likes to do and attack from that standpoint. And I think the biggest thing to me with the Saints is, you know, Sean Payton's not going to just air it out, I don't think, with Jameis Winston. Especially not here yet. He's going to let him get confident. I think he's going to want himself, Sean Payton, to get confident in Jameis Winston that he can trust him to air it out. So I still think he'll stay balanced and try to run the ball and play defense but have those few calculated big shots down the field. And that's where the Saints are going to be more of a pain in the butt this year than maybe with Drew Brees. Yeah, Drew Brees might have been ding, boom, 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 and I could throw a lot of quick passes and get it out of our hands and be surgical that way. But we've discussed this a little. The Saints, I think you've got to defend more of the field maybe than the last few years with Jameis Winston. I think it's a tough physical football game, Saints
0: 24-20. Wow. Uh, so you you have the Saints covering the spread by a point. Yeah. Um, And uh, you have it closer than I do. I I agree with you. The Panthers are going to be pretty good. I'm disappointed they didn't beat the Jets by more than five. And speaking of two-point conversions, the Lions get one. To kill your best bet. The Jets fail to get one that would have killed one of my best bets. It just shows you how hard it is to pick these games with any degree of authority or confidence. I've got the Saints in this one, 30-21. I believe in the Saints defensively and offensively. I think we are going to see a little more from Jameis Winston this week. He only threw 20 passes last week. Alvin Kamara, he was a big factor in that win against the Packers. This one should be easier for the Saints. The covid situation does complicate things with so many offensive coaches out if it was defensive coaches I'd be more concerned it's offensive coaches Sean Payton can step in and take care of the problem and Jameis Winston said this week he relishes the fact that he's been able to work so closely with Payton all week with those offensive coaches out so I've got 30 to 21 I think we're going to see a little more from Jameis Winston and I also think that the Panthers who could have had Winston Or at least could have pursued him in 2020 and didn't. They went with Teddy Bridgewater. Could have pursued him this year and didn't. They traded for Sam Darnold. This is an opportunity. And you know how Peyton is. Peyton's got that Bill Parcells kind of snarky, snide, sarcastic way to stir you up. And I suspect Peyton has probably pointed out to Jameis a few times this week that the Panthers turned up their nose at him twice. I wouldn't be shocked. You're right. Sean Payton's the ultimate motivator.
1: Probably going, oh, telling the team, oh, hey, we got no chance, guys. Our coaches got COVID. You know, either way, or he's going, maybe we got to buckle down because we got COVID. I think the Saints are a little bit of a team on, the mission, on a mission. I'm with you there. And You know, we basically have the same thing going on. You just think the Saints will score one more touchdown. Yeah, I think the Panthers are a team on the rise, but not ready for
0: primetime Saints top of the NFC type football quite yet. Yep. All right, next game, and this is one of the more fascinating games of the day. Andy Dalton, the former longtime Bengals quarterback, taking on the Bengals for the second straight year. I got to see him last year with the Cowboys. He sees them this year with the Bears. Home opener at Soldier Field. Fans going to be a little salty, a little vocal, a little con- uh, uh, concerned about what's going on at the quarterback position. You've got Dalton starter, Justin Fields, who knows. Chris, it's a one-point favorite for... The Bears. The over/under is at 45. Who do you like? Well, I wanted. To, I you know you know I picked the Bengals to to keep it close
1: last week. I wanted to pick them to win. I just I'm scared of what Joe Burrow would look like. I'm not scared anymore. I'm picking the Bengals. I am. I I think they match up really good with Chicago. The Bengals as a roster, O-line is better. Weapons on the outside. Burrow looks healthy enough. Joe Mixon's a superstar running back. You know, Jamar Chase. It he's rolling now. Here we go. And then the other aspect, I look at it, and I know I, I said this to you last week when it came to the Bengals versus Vikings, and I think it's another good advantage for them this week. The Bengals are big up front. I do think they'll be able to slow down the run game of the Chicago Bears, and honestly, the Bengals have one of the more underrated secondaries in all of football. When you talk about Chadobia Awuzie, Trey Waynes, Jesse Bates in the back end, uh, uh, Von Bell, that's, that's a pretty damn good secondary against – What you know, I think, is a really ordinary pass game. It really is. I think they uh, are going to surprise some people, the Bengals. and not saying they're a playoff team or anything like that, but they're going to hang around against some of these better teams. I think I even underestimated them in the preseason, you know, because there was questions, and I just had to see it a little bit. I'm going Bengals, pulling off the upset, the Bears fans going crazy, ready to, like, pillage the field, and the team because they want Justin Fields.
0: Bengals 2320 Michael Floria. Uh, you know what? You've changed my mind. Yeah. And I'm glad you've changed my mind because if the Bears win, I will blame you all week long like <laughs> you blamed you. me all week long <laughs> right. about changing your mind Texas to go with the Jaguars Jack, over right. the Texans. <laughs> right. I was ready to take the Bears. I had it typed in tentatively 2317 uh Bears and as you were saying twenty three twenty, I was like we spend way too much freaking time together. I was locking in twenty three twenty in my brain. I adjusted it to twenty seventeen because we can't have the same score prediction, but it is the same margin. And the fact that the Bears are only favored to win by one that tells me neutral sight exactly the, the Bengals would be viewed as the better team, right? And based on what we saw last week, yeah. Maybe they are the better team, I know. and maybe they are a team that we should be taking seriously. Also, but, by picking yeah. the Bengals, I will have the Bengals fans off my ass at least for a day. For a day. So there is value in that, even if I'm wrong. I Chris.
1: just I'm not going to get obsessed with the names Bears, Bengals. Oh, the Bears are going to win. From what I've seen through the preseason into last week, the Bears haven't showed me anything good really yet on the defensive side of the ball. Especially, I think that's the biggest disappointment. I kind of knew what the offense would look like, so that's where yeah, I just can't
0: buy in yet. I got to see it to believe it before I go there. Bears, Bengals, Battlestar Galactica. Next game at Cleveland, the Texans at the Browns. 12.5 point spread, tied for the largest of the week with the Falcons-Bucks. We'll talk about that game later. For now, Tyrod Taylor back in Cleveland. Baker Mayfield saying yesterday that... Tyrod Taylor was taken for granted. Remember, he was the starter until he got injured week three 2018 against the Jets. It opened the door for Mayfield to take over. Tyrod gone. Goes to the Chargers. Dr. Needle last year. Tyrod gone. Now he's with the Texans. Looked great last weekend against the Jaguars. Who do you like in this one? I'm going, of course, Browns. No
1: doubt. I didn't, you know, listen, I didn't look at the spreads before I did this. I I just, I wanted to pick my games and not be affected by it. I thought I was picking the Browns to cover. I really did. I have Browns 31-21. I didn't realize I didn't think it would be quite that high the spread at 12 and a half. But to me the Browns are elite. They really are. You know, all the way through and I think like you know, it, really I expect their offense to have their way with the Houston Texans. There was more plays there to be had last week by the Jaguars offense than what they capitalized on. You know, Trevor Lawrence missed some throws that certainly could have maybe changed the game and he made some rookie mistakes. The Browns are not going to do that. I think they're going to be pissed off with the way they played last week. Uh, so I got the Texans covering,
0: but I think the Browns win by 10. Same score I had, 34-24, same margin, almost exactly the same score. I, I feel the same way. Twelve and a half is too much. I think the Texans are going to have a little more than the Browns expected. Could be another one of these ugly backdoor covers where there's a touchdown late that that gets Houston within the margin. Twelve and a half is a lot, a lot NFL to football. give up right. this early in the season. Right. And the Texans, the Texans looked better exactly. than a 12 and a half point underdog. I think what it is. That, that offseason of dysfunction, the Jack Easterby stuff, the Deshaun Watson, it, it, it's causing people to bet
1: Heavily the other team, them, right. and
0: that's driving the number farther than it should be. So I think there's value in taking the Texans this week. I agree with you. The Browns by 10, but the Texans to cover. Next up, the L.A. Rams take it on the road to uh, face the Indianapolis Colts. Once upon a time... Robert Ursay owned the Rams. Carol Rosenblum owned the Colts. They actually swapped franchises. That's the connection between the I Rams that. and the Colts. Yeah, uh, Rams are three and a half point favorites. Over under forty eight seems a little low to me. Who do you got, Chris? Yeah, it, it's the the Colts. The way
1: they played last week is a little concerning. You know, uh, I I think everything I thought about the Colts and we talked about it a lot in training camp. Like uh, there might there, there's one star missing on each side of the ball, one difference maker. But the also the concerning thing was just the way they protected last week for for Carson Wentz, the way the offensive line looked. I think that's the most disappointing thing about what I saw. And you know, Seattle's good. The Rams are every bit as good. We know that. And I think they don't have to necessarily compromise their secondary as much as Seattle. Seattle just put a lot of people on the line of scrimmage. They kind of confuse the Colts. They kind of just put numbers there to stop the run. You know, I just have too much faith in this Rams defense, for one, under Raheem Morris, who's a hell of a good coach. You know, they got some pawns to play with and be a little extra creative than than other teams because of Jalen Ramsey, and he can match up, and that allows them to do different things, you know, with the rest of the secondary. And then ultimately – you know, I just think Stafford and the offense of McVay, we saw what Shane Waldron did to the Colts last week, you know, and I I don't think it's going to be a whole lot different. McVay to me is a little more creative than Shane Waldron. And I go back to like when – Ibervlus was with the Dallas Cowboys as his defensive coordinator. Man, the Rams had their way with that Cowboys defense. I think he cracked the code on it, and I think that's kind of stuck in my head, too. So I think the Colts give like a last-ditch effort, because they're you know at home, and they might lose two games in a row, but I'm still going Rams
0: 28-24. Um, yeah, that's got the Rams covering then. I've got it not as close. I, I think the Rams are the real deal this year. I said before the season they have to prove it to me. I, I saw enough on Sunday night that I'm buying it at least for now. Right? Maybe they'll catch up to the Matthew Stafford Sean McVay pairing after there's five, six, seven games of film. We've seen that from time to time. Maybe Matthew Stafford gets injured at some point. We've seen that many times over the past 12 years. For now, though, he's healthy. The Colts just feel overmatched, and they're one of these four teams: Washington, Indianapolis, Buffalo, Minnesota, that have that internal COVID angst. Yeah. And you can't, you can't. Draw a line from point A to point B, but you can rest assured it's affecting the team in some way. I got the Rams big in this one, 34. To 20 yeah, over wow. the Colts. And there's a chance, I just got a weird feeling yeah. that it's going to be worse than that. That it's going to be one of those when we see the score after, we're going to say, Holy crap. Sounds like the, a best uh, bet the Rams. for Michael Floria. Well, maybe. Well, we'll see. Well, yeah. Maybe the over is going to be a best bet because maybe the Rams will score 48 on their own in this one by the time it's all said and done. Broncos at Jaguars. Over under 45 and a half, the Broncos six point favorites against the Jaguars team that maybe would lose to USC if they played right now. Who do you have in this one? Well, I mean, I can't pick the Jaguars.
1: I can't. There's no way I can do that. You know, first off, Teddy Bridgewater looked good last week. That's the first thing you talk about. The Broncos' own line is good. It's good. They can run the ball. If you can run the ball in the Giants, you're probably going to be able to run the ball on just about anybody. Giants got the biggest D-line in football. You know that. We talk about it all the time. You know, I'm a huge fan of Mike Menchek, so they're going to have that aspect. Shermer does a really good job of marrying the play-action pass with the run game. Yeah, I just don't think the Jaguars are ready for primetime, nor do I think the Jaguars' offense is ready for this Broncos' defense. You know, I know Bradley Chubb, he's got some injury issues. It doesn't matter. they still got two good edge guys. You know, Von Miller looked good last week, and they're good in the secondary. You know, and I think with Vic Fangio and the Jaguars kind of being – I don't think the Jaguars can run the ball really. It just plays more into the Denver Denver's hand. I go Broncos 27-17 here, Michael.
0: Yeah, look, I, I uh I feel like this is one where we could end up being surprised. Maybe Urban Meyer can push some buttons and Maybe. pull some levers and get the Jaguars to do better than they did last week. That game got away from them early. I, I'm gonna have to see it from the Jaguars before I believe it. I got Broncos 31. Jaguars 20 the Broncos I think were very impressive last week now they're stuck in a division with the Chargers and the Chiefs that's not good and in a conference with great teams but they got off to a good start every team in that division is 1-0 Broncos move to 2-0 when they go to Jacksonville and win 31-20 to next up Buffalo at Miami. Miami 1-0, and Buffalo 0-1. They got a wake-up call against Pittsburgh. The Bills a three-point favorite on the road. They got together week two last year, and that was the week where you first noticed that the Bills were going to run the offense through Josh Allen. Josh Allen has done very well against Miami. Will he do well enough to avoid an 0-2 start this week? Over-under, by the way, 47 half for this game. Big game, big
1: game. I mean, of course, you know, the Bills they kind of laid an egg last week on the offensive side of the ball. Uh uh, Dolphins, I'm surprised
0: you didn't say they crapped down their leg. They did, yeah. Soft. They crapped down
1: their leg and I think there was a little piss in there too. It was like a double whammy there. Okay. <laughs> well you you, that you brought three. me down there. <laughs> yeah. But no, the the um I, I think the, the, the thing that you know, I still think highly of the Bills. And after watching Dolphins versus Patriots, the Patriots were the better team on the field during that game, at least in my opinion. They they kind of blew the game. Two turnovers with the running backs fumbled. Uh, I believe it was both running backs that fumbled. Uh, either way, there was two turnovers, a lot of mistakes. You know, we're in positions to win the football game, and still, I don't know about the Dolphins' offense. I don't know. It's not that I don't know about the offense, but I'm still gonna know about Tua. They have to manage Tua. Tua is incapable of really throwing the ball outside the numbers unless it's just a, hey, Devontae Parker's one-on-one, let me throw a jump ball. Hey, Jalen Waddle's one-on-one, let me throw a jump ball. And I I just think between that and I don't think the Dolphins' run game is a real force yet, that plays into Sean McDermott's hands to make things happen. And uh, the last thing is I have a lot of respect for the Dolphins' defense and Flores, but the one thing that I think jumps out is they weren't really able to pressure Josh Allen last year without blitzing or taking chances and putting people at the line of scrimmage, and that's just a no-no. Like Allen is like Mahomes that way. If you blitz him, you're screwed. You're going to Screwedville. He's gonna he's gonna throw a rocket for a touchdown. So I think it's a close football game.
0: Uh, but I think ultimately I'm gonna go with the Bills here, thirty to twenty-four. I've got twenty-seven twenty Buffalo. Same reasoning. Bills need this one. Sometimes you just need a game. Sometimes you just show up and you let your best players play. On paper the Bills are better than Miami. And uh, look, I know, hey, the Dolphins are one to know. You got to give them credit for going into New England and winning. But uh this is week two. We reset to zero and zero. The Bills got that wake up call. They got punched in the mouth by the Steelers last week. Josh Allen and company, I think, will be ready to go. They match up well, and the Bills get the victory. On we go to the Patriots, who are 0 and 1. Six point favorites at the Jets, who are 0 and 1. The over under is 42. This is one of only three games this week with both teams at 0 and 1. Patriots given six. Do you like the Patriots to win? Do you like the Patriots to cover? I do. I like both. I really do. You know, again, you just heard me say the Patriots outplayed
1: the Dolphins last week. They're not going to screw it up two weeks in a row. I think that's the first thing I look at. You know, I just don't think the Jets we saw protection issues, you know, against the Carolina Panthers. You know, there's there this is a good front for the for the New England Patriots. They're really good in the secondary. I think life will be even harder for Zach Wilson and company, and I worry about the Jets' ability to stop the run game uh, of the New England Patriots, who can almost run it at will against any look, even when they stack the box. They're still do so well coached and they're so dominant in the run game that they can do that. And I expect them to have a lot of success with that. And then comes off the Josh McDaniels play action pass, uh, uh, you know, attack. Also, no team has better knowledge of the Seattle scheme, really, than the New England Patriots. They know how to attack it, there's a weakness at corner. With the, the New York Jets, I think the Patriots win this
0: 27-14. I've got 24-14. Same reasoning that you have. Uh, I Look, you mentioned the struggles of the offensive line. They don't have Mekhi Becton. He's got a knee injury. Uh-huh. That makes it even worse. That makes it even harder for Zach Wilson in the second game Ooh. of his season, getting thrown to the Wolves against Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Zach Wilson is still going to be very good. It's just going to take a while. Give and the Jets bumps. fans... Yeah. They shouldn't have high expectations this year. This is about showing enough progress this year so that come next year you can be a contending team. I got the Patriots by 10. You got the Patriots by 13. Either way, we both like the Patriots to win and to cover. Next up... Your 49ers going to Philadelphia? They're in West Virginia, actually, down the road from me this week because they're between Detroit and Philly. Yeah, like Kyle wants to see me. <laughs> I can write some annoying headlines. <laughs> annoying for headlines. Him. I don't want to well, say anything because that's Floriel right? or some annoying headline. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, 49ers uh, are three point favorites. Will they be annoyed by the outcome in this one? Over under fifty? Who do you like, and by how many? Well, I think the Eagles are going to be annoying. I do. You know,
1: you heard me a little bit before last week. That uh, I think I, uh, before week one, even underestimated the Eagles. As I kind of dove in for my last preseason, let's do playoffs and watch the preseason football. I mean, the Eagles are elite on both offensive and defensive line. They pose real problems for a defense and what they did to the Falcons. Now, I know the Falcons' defense is not the, the San Francisco 49ers, but you still got the, you have to respect the Eagles' ability to run the ball. I mean, there are so many plays last week where the Eagles run the ball and I'm telling you the running back doesn't get touched until he's seven or eight yards down the field. Nothing, nothing, no touch. And even when he's getting touched there, it's like a hand sticking out, something like that. And then when you overplay the run game, of course that leads, they can do things where bubble screen to Rieger, you know, uh, the, the first round pick, what the hell's his name? Devin's, uh, Devante Smith, excuse me. I want to say Devin for some reason. And you know, so they, they they have a good little formula. Jalen Hurts, am I sold on his ability to throw within the pocket? Not a, not like 100% yet, no. But with the way they run the ball and the way the offense sets up, he's not going to need to, like, pick you apart within the pocket. I don't think. And, here's, and, and so that's going to be a big thing. But I think either way, the 49ers are still much better on defense. They're going to pose some problems too. Shanahan... You know, with that offense, without Mozart or whatever, I still think they're going to be able to run the ball. They got weapons in the pass game. We saw that last week and what they can do there. I think this is going to be a tough, tight one. The last factor I'll say, a lot of plays in the pass game last week were Jalen Hurts scrambling, and especially scrambling to his right. There's no way Shanahan and the 49ers and D'Amico Ryans don't see that. They will have a better plan to contain him in the pocket. And I'm going to go 49ers 24-20 here, just barely covering
0: Barely covering. I got 30 to 20, 49ers over the Eagles. I don't think that they will let their foot off the gas this week. And I always like those little intriguing threads that that – Can arise. D'Amico Ryan's in his second game as defensive coordinator. Goes back to Philly where he spent four seasons. So he's familiar with that venue, that vibe, and everything that goes along with it. But I think the 49ers are the better team. The defense much better than the defense Jalen Hurts faced last week when the Eagles beat the Falcons. So I like the 49ers in this one, although it makes me very nervous and likely won't be one of my best bets. The last game in the early window on Sunday of Week 2. The Raiders at the Steelers. Steelers, five-and-a-half-point favorites in their home opener. The over-under 47. First game with fans that, that counts in Pittsburgh since 2019, although they had a smattering for a couple of games last year. Who do you like and why? The Raiders
1: and the Steelers. Uh, of course, the Raiders, hey, they did a lot of impressive things. That, this is a better defense, though, the Steelers are than the Ravens. I mean, hands down. They will be able to get after Derek Carr with a front four, not have to blitz an all-out blitz and leave guys just on an island with no free safety. Having said that, I mean, as a whole, I still think Pittsburgh was a little bit outplayed last week and a little fortunate. You know, a dumb fourth-and-one call by Buffalo right around midfield, and, of course, the block punt were the difference of the game. I mean, it was that right there. Bills had a few opportunities to kind of take control of that game, uh, but but I have a feeling we'll probably be saying that a lot of teams that play that Steelers defense this year. The thing that I think concerns me and keeps this close, I'm going to pick the Steelers to win, but I, I got to still see more from that Steelers offense. You know, that, that was not pretty last week by any stretch of the imagination. So I do think it stays close. I think the Steelers find a way to win 23-21.
0: So you've got the Raiders covering the Steelers winning. I've got Pittsburgh 24-17. My big concern is, and yeah. we've said this on PFT Live, a game that went into overtime, a physical game, a short week, a long trip that has to impact valid point, the Las right. Vegas Raiders. It has to impact them, right. and I think it allows the Steelers to win and to cover. The Raiders are 5-2 in their last seven games yeah. against Pittsburgh, and generally the Raiders have not been good over the – years that they've played the Steelers seven times I think it goes back to maybe 2009 the Steelers have always been good so there's a weird little quirk there but I don't think it matters this Sunday I think the Steelers get their victory and they're on their way they move to 2-0 and and they're a team to be taken much more seriously than I did before the season go ahead yeah one more thing Mike just to hit on too like I know we hit on this but I think it's worth bringing up to your point here
1: too yeah the short week Mike Tomlin knows the John Gruden offense he knows it really well John Gruden doesn't know the Mike Tomlin defense because this is not the Mike Tomlin defense. This is the Pittsburgh defense. And I do think that plays in the advantage, too. So, you know, you got me thinking about that one a little bit, but just wanted to
0: add that in to our listeners. Quick break. Four o'clock Eastern games for week two are next on this joint collaboration, PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbutton, presented by Under Armour. Under Armour, baby. PFTPM, Chris Sims on Button, presented by Under Armour. Let's get to the late afternoon games for week two. The Mega Picks podcast, all picks straight up and against the spread. Still to come, primetime games and best bets for now, though. Four o'clock Eastern. Vikings at the Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals making their home opener. The Vikings lost on the road to the Bengals. Cardinals are three and a half point favorites, over under of 51. Can the Vikings. Compete, Chris, with Kyler Murray, Chandler Jones, and company come Sunday. Well, I want to, like, this is uh, interesting. I want to lay the floor to you
1: because this is your favorite team versus your favorite player. What are you going to do? Do you love him not, or do you love him today? Or is it going to be Kyler Murray? So go ahead. Let me, I'll you lead off on this one just because uh, these are your two favorite people,
0: Kirk Cousins and Kyler Murray. Now, Mike Zimmer has a very good track record when it comes to containing russell wilson they do a very good job of keeping him in the pocket they do a very good job of relatively speaking keeping the games close kyler murray isn't russell wilson right from the standpoint of speed agility burst elusiveness no one is kyler murray right now and the vikings are going to find that out if if kyler murray plays on sunday like he played last sunday The Vikings are not going to be able to slow him down. The defensive backs are not good enough to cover those receivers. And it's going to be a shootout. And I don't think the Vikings have the offense to make it a shootout. The only way they're going to win is if they outscore Kyler Murray. I've got 27-20, Cardinals winning and thus covering. It could get uglier than that. I I, I just think that this is a bad matchup for the Vikings because, really – for as long as Kyler Murray's healthy, every matchup is going to be a bad matchup for whoever plays them. And you're going to have to have the offense to overpower their defense. The problem is their defense looks pretty damn good. Exactly. It's not going to be easy right. to overpower their defense. No, no doubt.
1: And like you, to your point with the Kyler Murray thing and the Russell Wilson thing, there's, just, there's more moving parts in this Arizona offense as compared to you know, what we see in Seattle. I mean, they're, they've been pretty standard status quo. Run the ball, straight play action, straight drop back through Russell Wilson's career. We saw last week some variety from the Cliff Kingsbury offense. A lot of different formations, people flying everywhere. They're hard to match up with Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, DeAndre Hopkins. And then, oh, if we want to bring a fourth one in, we got AJ Green. It's pretty damn good. Two headed monster running back. You know, the the only way I see the Vikings winning this game is they will have to absolutely slaughter the Cardinals in the run game, Dalvin Cook and company. And I don't see that happening because of what you said. And added to that, you know, if it's going to become, oh, we're not running the ball that good, but we're going to try to still be effective off of play action, I, I don't think that's going to work against this crew as much in Arizona. First off, Vance Jones is a good coach, but the guys in the middle of the field for Arizona, like we talked about all week, are special. Isaiah Simmons, Zayven Collins, Hicks, Buda Baker, and I think they're going to be all over the play-action pass game. So I'm I'm going Cardinals 28-20 as well. And you're right. There's a part of me that thinks maybe
0: it could be another touchdown or so worse than that. The Vikings, another one of these teams with that in-house COVID controversy. And, you know, Arizona had a little bit of it, but not to the same extent as Minnesota, Indianapolis, Buffalo, Washington. I think that could be another factor as well. And the Vikings staring at 0-2 with the Seahawks coming to town for their home opener now. We'll talk about that obviously next week, but the Vikings could be looking at 0-3. They got off to a bad start last year. They could get off to a bad start again this year. Falcons and Buccaneers. The Bucs managed to eke out the victory on Thursday night against the Cowboys. The Falcons looked horrible at home against the Eagles. They get together in Tampa Bay. 12.5 points is the spread. Tied for the largest spread of the week. We talked earlier about Houston-Cleveland. Chris and I both think the Texans will cover that big spread. Do we think the Falcons will cover this big spread over under also 52. Chris, what do you got? I don't see it. I think the Falcons are going to be one of the worst teams in football.
1: I'm just, I'm going to throw it out there. You know, I've kind of been saying that. I just, I don't, you know, I think we, everyone got like, well, they got Calvin Ridley and Matt Ryan and they're going to be good. Like, no, they're not. Offensive line, not good. Nothing special in running back. I know they got Kyle Pitts. Everybody wants just to just look at fantasy and go, whoa, Matt Ryan, Kyle Pitts, Calvin, Ridley, they could be good. Okay. Who on defense, who on defense is really worth a damn Grady, Jarrett, Yes. I mean, after that, A.J. Terrell may be a corner, but there's just not enough there. Like, no way. Buccaneers are going to whoop that ass. Whoop that ass. I picked 35-20. I wouldn't be surprised if it's 35-14, 35-13, 40-10. Who knows? But the, the, the Falcons ain't winning.
0: I know that. You know, sometimes when we do this, we are allowed to have a little bit of fun. And I'm going to have a little bit of fun. If Tom Brady can have a little bit of fun when he has a clock behind him that shows that it's 328, I can have a little fun, and I can say that the Buccaneers are going to win this game 28-3 to over the Atlanta Falcons. And I like it, yeah. For whatever reason, that, that chip that Tom Brady got on his shoulder with the interception in the first half of Super Bowl 51, and there's the photo of him sitting there on the ground and – that hasn't gone away. He relishes beating the crap out of the Falcons whenever and wherever he can. He's never lost to Matt Ryan either with the Patriots or with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Swept them last year. The run of success continues with 28 to 3. Wouldn't that be fitting oh, that if be it's amazing. the final score amazing. of uh, of the Falcons visiting the Buccaneers. All right, Cowboys Chargers. Uh, sneaky great game. Yeah. Because the Cowboys showed us they're better than what we thought the Chargers, I think, are going to be one of the best teams in the league. Three-and-a-half-point favorites are the Chargers in their first game at SoFi Stadium with fans present. There probably will be plenty of Cowboys fans there because they're everywhere, over-under 55-and-a-half. This is the highest over-under of the week. Who do you like and why? Well, I like the Chargers, plain and
1: simple. I mean, there's, of course, the Cowboys are dangerous. I'm not going to sit here and try to be, like, disrespectful. But I think, you know, ultimately, the Chargers are the better football team throughout. The one thing I wasn't sure about the Chargers is just I wanted to see the offensive line. They were amazing last week. Herbert, you know, right where he left off last year, just throwing dimes and lasers all over the field. So that's great to see, you know. And, you know, I I, I really am a big Brandon Staley fan. You know that from last year. I mean, he he is very creative on the defensive side of the ball. He's, you know, disguises well, does things, thinks outside the box, you know, takes away – You know, what you want to do at at a very high level. It's almost Belichickian that way that I respect. You know, I I, I think the Cowboys, of course, are going to make some plays. But, hey, this is a good Chargers pass rush. Uh, They're talented on the defensive side of the ball. And I think ultimately just the way the offense looked and Demarcus Lawrence not playing, Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator for the Chargers, just came from the Saints He's gonna know Dan Quinn, who came from the Falcons, really well, and how how to attack that defense. So I'm going Chargers in a close one, though. I'm gonna go 30 to 27.
0: So you have the Cowboys covering by one half point. You're you're living oh, wait, dangerously no, with no. some of these. You no, know, Ooh, mm, mm. yeah. All right, let make me make twenty. I'm going
1: to go thirty-one twenty-seven on this one. Okay, this is one I am right. going to change. I'm going to go thirty-one twenty-seven. Right. Yes, thank you, Mike.
0: I got the same margin, twenty-seven twenty-three. I should have kept my damn mouth shut. In the future, <laughs> I will do what many advise me to do on a regular basis. I will keep my damn mouth. <laughs> Please shut. do us a favor. 27-23, Chargers. Look, Brandon Staley. I think should be the favorite for coach of the year. If you're looking to make a season-long prop bet at good value to the extent that he's not the favorite. Jump on that now. Keenan Allen gushed about him. I spoke to Keenan after... The win over Washington to start the season, he loves what they're doing there. He's been there nine years. He said, "This is you know, this is a great coaching staff," and he didn't want to say anything bad about the past coaching staff, but it's different and it is game plan specific. And the Rams were distraught to lose Brandon Staley after only one year, but uh, this guy knows what he's doing. He's got talented players, and they're still healthy. They may not stay healthy; they're healthy for now. And the Cowboys have all these issues. We talked about it on PFT Live, right. and they don't have Demarcus Lawrence or Randy Gregory who's on the COVID list. Their top two pass rushers aren't available. That just plays right into Justin Herbert's hands. And oh, by the way, Joey Bosa will be coming after Dak Prescott this week if they try to pass it 58 times. Maybe they'll run it a little bit more. Either way, I like the Chargers. You like the Chargers. I think the over-under number is a little high. Maybe that's going to be one of my best bets. I don't like messing with over-under for best bet, but 55.5 seems a little high to me. Now, you've got them at 58. I've got them at 50, but 55.5 seems high. All right, the last late-afternoon game, Tennessee Titans in Seattle, home opener for the Seahawks. The 12s are back in full force. Five-and-a-half-point favorites are the Seahawks, the over-under of 54. Chris, who do you have? Well, uh, I- I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, how the hell can you pick the Titans with the way
1: they looked last week? I mean, you got to be crazy to think that. You know, the one thing I was impressed with with the Seahawks last week was their defense. I had questions about that. This is where I love the Seahawks. They just force your hand. That's where I just, I mean, I'm just, I'm I'm mad I didn't pick them to win last week. I mean, they, they just play so hard. They're physical. They're not going to let Derrick Henry get off. I would be shocked. You know they do have some size and some power up front on the defensive line, and they they're not afraid to crowd the line of scrimmage and scare you out of the run game, and then you check to a pass or do something like that, and then they drop out. They have a good feel of like when to overplay the run and when to looks like we might overplay the run, but we're going to drop out and play pass coverage. Titans look horrible last week. Offensive line looked like S H I T. Sorry. I don't know what to say that one. Why didn't you spell it? Okay, shit. Well they I looked mean like what, shit. Yeah, I mean what's the
0: point in spelling it? I don't it's, know. Yeah, All right, I just want ahead. to
1: emphasize it with the just wanted to spell it out for you. And of course the defense didn't look great either. There wasn't there was no pass rush there. And I think, you know, the balance of that Seahawks offense and then, okay, they're running the ball good. The Titans are going to get down there. They're going to be worried about pressure and Russell Wilson. And and they don't got the guys yet to match up with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So I'm going Seahawks 34-28.
0: You spelling that word reminds me of one of my favorite jokes from when I was a kid. Do you want to hear it? Yes. The alphabet. There are certain friendships and cliques that form among the letters of the alphabet. And as it turns out, the letters K and F are very good friends. Do you know why? No. Because whenever you see F, you see K. <laughs> you like that? I do like that. That's really good. That is. Right. I've never heard that uh, before. That's good. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, oh, I've got the Seahawks 33-27. to 27. Are you kidding me? A six-point lead? What are you, copying me low. today? Jeez, holy cow. Well, did I say 33-27? No, you did, but it yeah, was six I, points, I, both of us. That, that, I picked, that's the score I picked before we came? The I only know. thing I changed, I copied you on the Bengals. Over the Bears. Damn. I was going to go Bears, but you talked me out of it. Oh, we're spending We too have much yet time to disagree. Jeez, Although crap. we do disagree on some of the spreads, that's yes. where the difference may be this week. All right, primetime games when this joint collaboration of the PFTPM podcast and Chris Sims Unbutton continues right after this. The weekly in-season joint collaboration of PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbutton presented by Under Armour, the Mega Picks podcast. We go through every single game. We give you our picks straight up and against the spread. We are up to the primetime games, Sunday night, Monday night. And let's start with Sunday night football. A great matchup for week two. Kansas City Chiefs, at the Baltimore Ravens. The Chiefs are the Ravens' kryptonite. The Ravens had a tough loss on Monday night, and that same mindset we talked about earlier with the Raiders. Physical game, tough game, 65 minutes, short week, fly home, lick your wounds, and put everything back together again and try to get ready for a Chiefs team that they just have not been able to beat in recent years. The Chiefs are favored on the road by 3.5 points with an over-under of 55. Chris, who do you like? I I mean, I
1: like the Chiefs. I, I just, you know, again... The Ravens, I just don't expect – I went into the year not expecting to see the same Ravens team. They don't match up well with the the Chiefs. I, I You know, I think Wink Martindale is going to have to reinvent what he wants to do on defense because of the injuries, because of the lack of pass rush. They're going to have to find a new formula. It's scary. It is. I don't know how they can pull this off. I mean, to get to – they're not going to get there with their front four. Like, this is where the stats lie. You know, there's like stats out there. Oh, Calais Campbell had all these pressures last week. And like, so he didn't do it when it was a four-man rush. He did it because they blitz eight guys sometimes. And he happened to be the guy that got free or, you know, there's, there's just a mosh pit of people and he gets to squeak through. I, I don't see it with their pass rush. And, and, you know, Marlon Humphrey is the only real elite secondary guy they have there. That's just not a good formula for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and on the flip side, Mike you know the Chiefs they they have they have a big front I know the Browns ran on them last week the the Ravens offensive line is not the Browns offensive line nor is it as versatile in their running attack yeah, they have Lamar Jackson, but here's the difference too the uh Spagnolo the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs you know I think this is where the Ravens. Lack of creativity and versatility in their pass game comes to hurt them in this kind of matchup. Spags has been able to find ways to get people at the line of scrimmage to start, stop Lamar Jackson, but yet having a good feel in those formations of what they're doing in the pass game. So he can put people at the line of scrimmage to stop the run, but then drop people in zone to still stop the Greg Roman pass game. And it's a little predictable that way. You know, I think the Ravens give a last ditch, tough effort, they never give up. But ultimately, the Chiefs, I just think, are a really tough matchup. And I'm going Chiefs 35-24.
0: I have uh, same thoughts, same reasoning, same everything. Not the same score for a change, although the margin is similar. I've got 31-23 Chiefs. We both like the Chiefs to win and to cover. It could get uglier than that. I'm assuming that the Ravens are going to be able to muster some offense, but... I I just I worry about that team I worry about them getting away from the things they're trying to do they're trying to diversify the offense I think there's a ton of pressure on Greg Roman and for as strong as the Ravens have been to start the regular season in recent years losing that game after they were up 14 nothing that has to hurt that has to sting and it's going to be hard to turn the page on a short week with the Chiefs coming to town I just think it's going to be very very difficult and the Chiefs are the Chiefs and the Chiefs are the kryptonite for the Ravens and the Chiefs got their wake up call but still won. The Ravens got a wake up call and lost. The Chiefs got a wake up call and won. I think they go in and win this one. Yeah, good point. Fairly easily. And uh, I hope it's close. I hope it's exciting. I hope it goes down to the wire, but uh, I have a feeling that uh, it's not going to. All right, Monday Night Football. Desperation time already for the Green Bay Packers. Home opener at Lambeau Field after getting the crap kicked out of them on Sunday of week one, 38-3 by the Saints. They are 11-point favorites against the Detroit Lions. 48-and-a-half is the over-under. Chris, who do you like and why? Well, I'm going to pick the Packers, but I'm not going to pick
1: them to cover. I'm not. You know, the Packers are just one of those teams, again, I got to just there's a feel of just like I, they're not hitting on all cylinders. It just doesn't seem like it's there. They didn't do anything. Oh, shocker. Wait, wait. The Packers didn't do anything to improve their football team this offseason. Really surprised. Really surprised. Oh, that's right. Just ride number 12 again and make them make magic happen as usual. I mean, the Packers are freaking annoying to me. They really are. Um, But, you know, I think I look at the Lions and go, I think the offense has got a little more talent than maybe I gave it credit for. They got a pretty good offensive line. TJ Hawkinson's real good as a tight end. Um, I'm... I'm feeling Packers, but I think the Lions are going to be a pain in the butt and at least hang around. I'm going to go Packers
0: 28-21. A similar mindset for me. I've got Green Bay 34-24. I can envision a backdoor cover like what the Lions did last week. The Lions are never going to quit. They're never going to give up. Because Dan Campbell will run your ass out of town if he sees you loafing, if he sees you lollygagging, if he sees you doing anything other than trying to bite someone's kneecap off. So – I could see the Packers run up a lead, and I could see the Lions scratch and claw their way back into it and cover that eleven-point right, spread. Right. I hey hey, I also could see it being a disaster for the Packers. Let's see. I mean, we're assuming that what we saw Week One was an aberration, and as I've said, California and Florida under Matt Lafleur, the Packers are one in five. Everywhere else in the world, they're twenty-seven and four over the last two years. Right. So there's no reason to think. That the Packers are going to stumble against an overmatched team from a talent standpoint. I think the Packers will win. Don't think they'll cover. If they were getting anybody else this week on their home slate, yeah. I'd be very concerned about them falling to zero and two. I'm with you, and you know, let's not forget this point too. You made a lot of good points,
1: and you know who the Packers played last week? The Saints. Who's the defensive coordinator for the Lions? Uh, Aaron Glenn. All right, so he's going to be able to take some things from their game plan and figure it out. Now, they're not as talented as the Saints, so he's going to be compromised in some ways, but I would think there's some carryover to like him having some feel for how the Packers attack. But, yeah, I'm with you. I'm not feeling the Packers either. Uh, I'm not. And there's just something there that's missing, and it's a little concerning with the way they looked, the way they acted after the game, Roger saying no energy, uh, everything that goes along with it. So, yeah, I think they win, but I don't think it's going to be pretty.
0: And the other thing to keep in mind, to the extent that his absence from the team, his total disengagement from any on-field work, either official or unofficial, yeah, that sets you back, but now that you're in the season, you're getting there. You're working. You're in practice. You have games. Even though it didn't go well last week, some of the things that didn't go well could help them springboard toward what they need to do, and they get the extra day to get ready for it. I think they'll be fine for now, but then... It's a California trip next Sunday night on NBC when the Packers go to San Francisco. Uh-oh. That may be a different story altogether. Let's take a break. We have just a little time to finalize our best bets and our weekly Folsom Prison Blues pick. The one game <laughs> the one game that we would wager our lives on this week. Fortunately, we were both right last week, so we're still alive. We're still alive. We'll be back with more PFTPM. No guarantee we'll Sims be Unbuttoned alive right on Sunday, this. some guy said once. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, PFTPM Chris Sims Unbuttoned Joint Megapix podcast presented by Under Armour. Best bets time, Chris, where I am ahead. Two to one versus one to two. And just I got lucky and you didn't or it would be the other way around. But this is where we call our shots the three games or over under whatever it is against the spread or over under. The bets we would make this week if we were inclined to do so, you go first. What's your first selection for this week's best bets? Like the, this is a, it's like a weird week because I, I have, like, I feel like five or six
1: options, and it's just like, man, I hope I pick the right ones uh, because there, there's some I, – I feel good about all of them. All right, well, the first one I'm going to go with is the Bucks over the yucky, yucky Falcons. I mean, yeah, 12 and, a, 12 and a half, I don't care. I think it could be 20. I got them winning by 15 – I just think they're going to dominate the Falcons football team. So that's the first one. I'm, ri- I'm riding the points with the Bucks.
0: Well, you know what? I'll match you there. And we've done that from time to time where it's that slot machine effect. So we're both locked in with the Buccaneers logo when they make the graphic. We're going to have the pirate flag because I've got 28-3. to And I firmly believe the Bucks will cover that spread, win the game easily because the Falcons aren't very good. And because it was so close last week, I think that's even more reason for the Buccaneers to blow the doors off the Falcons. Right. All right, right, what do you got next? And extra days to prepare, right? All right, so my yeah. next one, I'm going with the Patriots.
1: You know, again, I, the Jets score was misleading last week. You know, yeah, they made some some a late push, and Zach Wilson threw some lasers to, to make the game, uh, you know, good. But the Carolina should have controlled that game more. They left some opportunities out there. And I, I the Patriots outplayed the Dolphins. So I'm going
0: Patriots uh, as my next best bet. And here's where the slot machine falls apart. I'll go Rams giving three and a half on the road to the Colts as my next best bet. I feel good about that one. Last one from you. Okay, my last one. I'm going with the Broncos. I am. I
1: liked everything. The, I liked everything about their game last week. Really good defense. Offense is explosive. You know, I don't even think they played their best ball. There was there was some mistakes they made, but the Jaguars. You know, lack of great pass protection, lack of a run game. I just don't see it. So I'm taking the Broncos as my uh, my third one.
0: I'm nervous about the Jags covering in what becomes a test of pride type game for them after what you. happened last week. I got the Chiefs giving three and a half to the Ravens. I think the Chiefs win by at least four, if not more. So that's my third one. All right, Folsom Prison Blues, the one game that you would take straight up the winner, you guarantee, and you'd put your life on it. Uh, that's the Bucks. That's an easy one this week. I mean, I just, I, I can't, I mean,
1: can't shy away from that one. So Buccaneers all the way uh, to to
0: whoop that ass of the Atlanta Falcons. <sighs> swamp ass since they're <laughs> playing in Tampa. I, I would prefer that if we didn't have the same game again like last week. But I also prefer to be right. I'll take the Buccaneers <laughs> as well. So uh, that's it. We like Chris. Being Great right. work as always. Check us out at profootballtalk.com and enjoy the games. See, ya. See you soon.